Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yo, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. Well, it's been a minute since you've seen our faces on the screen, but of course, me and Dad, it's busy to take care of. I had to take a little bit of a break when football season ended, but we're back in full swing. Um, got a bunch of things to talk about today, um, really across all three sports, MLB, NFL, and uh, the NBA. But uh, how are you doing today, bro? I'm good, bro. Glad to be back. I'm glad to talk some sports. Uh, like you said, we had to take a little break, get our life together a little bit. But, uh, you know, we're back to it and we're ready to talk all things sports because they've been going crazy the last couple of days. So yeah, let's man. get to it. For sure. It's been a lot a lot of news that, you know, a lot of us weren't expecting to see. Um, we know we were talking about it before the show. Um, we'll hop into it a little bit uh, later. But, of course, we do want to hit on the NFL news. There was even some news that came out maybe probably an hour ago before we, we got on. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers trading for Khalil Mack. But before we get into that, I want to start off kind of with the, with the uh, quarterbacks. Um, one of the bigger trades that's probably gone down in NFL history happened um, yesterday uh, with Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos um, you know, for exchange for some picks um, in this year's draft and some uh, future drafts. But, uh, yeah, I know a lot of us expecting the – him be on the move. I know that we had some teams in mind. I guess Denver was one of the teams we had in mind, but just didn't know that they would pull the trigger and it, you know, coming right after Aaron Rodgers got, uh, you know, his rumored to be big contract. So, uh, Dad, what do you think about the Russell Wilson going to Denver and, uh, you know, I guess what could be a stacked AFC West? I know last year everybody said NFC West was probably the better division in football. Now this year, probably AFC West will give them some run for their money. But uh, what you thinking about um, this trade? It's a blockbuster trade. You know, Denver had to make a move uh, after John Way- John Elway was in the GM position for a number of years. You know, they missed on a whole bunch of quarterbacks. And outside of Peyton Manning, who they brought in via free agency, they just missed. And, you know, to contend, they watched the quarterback dominate their division for the last four years. And then another guy come in and kind of not dominate, but show, you know, signs of greatness for the last two years. So they felt they had to make a move to com- compete. You know, some people say it was a lot. They gave up two firsts, two seconds. Um, and three players, and I think another pick, I forgot what the, the fifth uh, pick they gave up was. But, uh, you know, they made a move that they felt was necessary that had to be done. Um, you know, I kind of like the trade for both sides. Uh, Denver got the quarterback they needed, and a the quarterback is worth 
five first round picks, if you ask me, or one that's mm-hmm. gonna bring you over the top. You see what Matthew Stafford did, and he uh, and the Rams gave up like they yeah. gave up golf and stuff to get him. So and you thought some people thought they were kind of crazy to give up that much. So they did what was necessary, and you know Seattle, it's a good trade for them because they're in a rebuilding phase. You know. Um, they have a lot of picks to – they got picks back from the bad Jamal Adams trade they made, and they can address, you know, spots in the draft. But their history hasn't been good. You know, they got Jordan Brooks. Um, hasn't really panned out. Rashad Penny has had 1,500 yards in four years, and L.J. Collier has three and a half sacks in two years. So those are their last three first-round picks. So, you know, as good as it is to have all this draft capital to help you rebuild, you know, you got to hit on those picks. The Jaguars had yeah. – First round picks from the Jalen Ramsey trade, and one was CJ Henderson. He's not with us, and um, mm-hmm. as ETN, you know, he's still still waiting to see what happens with him. But Clavion uh, Chase on as well, so it's all about hitting on those picks. You can have as many as you want, um, but you got to hit on them. But uh, you know, mm-hmm. blockbuster trade. The AFC West is that much tougher. The AFC was already stacked with young quarterbacks, and now they got a veteran in there that's been there before and has a lot of playoff experience. So I love this trade. It shook up the league and. Denver's a team to watch out for because for years, for the last two years, people have been saying they're, you know, they're quarterback away. And yeah. he's never had, I know he has DK and Tyler. He had Jimmy Graham before, um, Doug Baldwin, but he's never had this collection of talent before. You know, Melvin Gordon, they might not bring him back, but Javante Williams. Um, that was a young talent for sure. Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, who was a problem before tearing his ACL a couple of years ago, and Keja Hamlin, who's coming off an injury. So they're stacked everywhere. And Albert O, some people in Denver like him better than Fant because he's a more complete all-around tight end. So, you know, we'll yeah. see. But it's scary hours for Denver all around. Yeah. Like you said, they, they, they proved last year, he said, well, draft-wise, they added defensively. You know, the corners, they got their little duo, their tandem. Um, of course, like I said, or like you said, uh, offensively, they got young talent everywhere, and you know, a pretty decent offensive line to stay in front of us. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. But uh, we got a, a special guest here. Uh, it's going to get a little hot in the building. Got our guy uh, Mo from Mo up in flames to come help us break down some of this NFL news. How you doing today, man? Yo, what's going on, Jelani? It's been a minute. I, I ain't yeah. gonna lie, I ain't been on the show with you in a minute. Dad, what's good, bro? What's good, man? It's been a minute. Like yeah, it's said. always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Like I said, we, we ain't been on here in a minute, but we found some time today. Glad you could find some time to, uh, with us as well. But since you hopped in, we're talking, you already know, some of the uh, NFL news, NFL trades going down. Blockbuster trade from yesterday, Russell Wilson uh, headed to Denver. So what do you think about it? So I got a question. I missed the first part. Who won the trade? Like, who won the trade to y'all, Denver or, or Seattle? I know we talked about it in the chat, yeah, but like it. it's I think Seattle, I think Seattle won if they make the right moves in the draft over the mm-hmm. next two years. Like yeah. forget a quarterback, you start building, you, you got the right pieces, you could get a quarterback. Like you could mm-hmm. get a guy to come to Seattle, to be honest. Like I know, like without Russell Wilson, they haven't really been relevant kind of before or after their their star of the franchise was what Sean Alexander. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you could get a quarterback. And then I've been seeing rumors that like if Deshaun Watson, depending on what happens with him Friday, Seattle's going to be all in and kind of flipping those picks into Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. And then that changes the whole, like, okay, we traded Russell Wilson, who's 33. We got Deshaun Watson, who's 27. We're going to have him for a lot longer. We got some weapons. My only thing with the trade, I think Russell Wilson makes Denver obviously better. Mm-hmm. They're not Super Bowl contenders in my eyes. I think as of today, especially with the Khalil Mack trade, Denver is still the third best team in the division. I think it's just 
it could go either way between them and the Chargers, but I would say Denver's the third best team in the division. I do think today Russell Wilson is better than Justin Herbert. Five mm. years, three years from now, five years from now, if that's why you're taking Justin Herbert, okay. But I think today Russell Wilson is better. But I just I don't like that everybody talk about, oh, he got better weapons. No, he doesn't. Portland <laughs> Sutton and Jerry Judy, to me, right now are not better than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And I'm still not – I don't want to say – I'm sold on Javante Williams, but how much better is he than Chris Carson? Do we – like when Chris Carson is healthy, yeah. is he really that much better? So It's just that availability because Chris Carson always out. <laughs> yeah, like he is always hurt, but when he's healthy, it's like, oh, Chris Carson can ball. Like yeah. he can ball with the best of them. So my only thing when I look at the trade is I don't like when everybody's like, he went to better weapons. No, he didn't. I, may, even if it's the same, Denver's weapons are not better. I don't even care if he's like – he makes Cortland Sutton better, and Jerry Judy turns into the guy we become. Tyler Lockett went dumb last year, you know, with Russell Wilson until he got hurt. And then DK Metcalf, even if he's just a deep threat, we know that guy's at least a walking 1,300 yards, 1,400 yards on his bet on probably his worst year, essentially, as long as he has a healthy quarterback. So, like, when I look at this trade, it's kind of tough to really say who won. I guess you could even say both sides win. But, like that had pointed out, I guess – you could say Denver won because Seattle doesn't know how to draft early. And and yeah. that's the big thing. It's like, all right, they got all these picks, and they'll still find a way to mess it up because they don't know how to draft right. And I I, fit, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, it's very simple what Seattle has to do, but we'll see if they do it. Yeah. Real quick, Mo, before we, like, move on and stuff. I said, like, when I was talking about that, I think of them like kind of like the Jags and the Browns. I know you remember those years where the Browns had all those early first-round picks, and they just messed them up. Just on player after player, so – it's all about who you draft and who's in that GM spot. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then next one, which we got had our guy Cruz or Couch Coach, somebody on. But uh, I know y'all start to flame y'all y'all's flaming, you know, them a little bit in the group chat, and I understand why, obviously. Um, and even Stewart feeling like you know the Colts got worse, but you know it's just a whirlwind of emotions around this uh this guy and this trade. But uh, Carson Wentz headed to the Washington newly Commanders. Uh, Dad, what you, uh, what you what do you think about that trade? What do you think about the name? I don't even know if we've talked about the name at all. I don't even no. think we've been on here to talk about the name. Me and Couch talked about it before they did it, like a week or two before on one of his shows. And it was, I think, honestly, I was getting kind of used to the football team. I think they kind of should have stuck with that. But Commanders, it doesn't sound too good. But to talk about the trade, you know, I, I think that as much as everybody hates Carson Wentz, I think the football team got a little bit better. It's just – I don't know which Carson Wentz we're going to get. He has his highs, which are pretty good, but his lows are really, really bad. And they're better. And if the Washington football team defense can show up, this will be a solid trade and they'll be more in contention for the division. But I don't think this makes them a threat in the NFC by any stretch. If they make it to the playoffs with him, they'll be out in the first round. But, I mean, a good trade for them. They upgraded the quarterback position. And this really he really just has one season, in my opinion, to save his career. Um, if it doesn't pan out, he gets traded again. He's just going to be a backup for the rest of his career. Um, if Frank Wright, somebody who had their best season with him, you know, kind of washes their hands with you, that kind of says a lot. So it's make or break for Carson Wentz. But overall, solid trade for the football team. I know everybody doesn't want him, but when he starts making plays, hopefully, you know, they'll regret it a little bit. But I know Mo feels a little differently about him coming to the division. <laughs> I'm not as mad. I, so I know the Washington, like I know the commander nation is upset. <laughs> I don't really think it was that bad of a trade, to be yeah. honest. But like I knew how everybody else felt. So, of course, I'm going to troll a little bit. And, you know, welcome Carson Wentz back into the division. But I don't think it was that bad. Like you did upgrade 
for people to act like Carson Wentz is not an upgrade over Taylor Heineke, you got to be high, like all, off the good stuff. If you don't think they did upgrade at quarterback, uh, I think they're going to have to nail the draft. Uh, you got to put another weapon, and I think this is the perfect draft. There's no Jamar Chase in this draft, but you do have Terry McLaurin, who has proven to be a wide receiver one. So I think how they draft in the first round, to be honest, if it's me and I'm Washington, I get another receiver. That's exactly what I do. You got two backs back there. You're okay at running back. I get another receiver. I get, you know, I don't know, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, uh, Drake London. Uh, if none of them fall, maybe I'll start, maybe trade up in the second round for, well, you don't even have a second round pick because you gave it up. But yeah. I'm starting to look at like Sky Moore, or Calvin Austin, or even George Pickens. So I think they can make the right move and have a pretty decent offense. But like that said, it comes down to which Carson Wentz shows up in I can't guarantee you what Carson Wentz shows up each uh, for a season because you can't even guarantee what Carson Wentz shows up each week. Like, at his best, Washington's going to win some games. If he plays absolutely amazing against Dallas, they'll beat Dallas. Or or they'll definitely – it'll be a neck-and-neck neck game yeah, if you get the best version of Carson Wentz. But if you get the worst version of Carson Wentz, like, they're losing to whoever next year is the worst team in the league. Like, they're going to lose that game. So that's my only thing is he's never been consistent – and I agree with everything Thad said. Like, this is his last year to be a starter or else he becomes like he's a pretty damn good backup. Like, if you got Carson Wentz as your backup quarterback, you feel safe if your quarterback goes down. Like, okay, our season is absolutely over. But if you're Carson Wentz, a first-round pick, you don't want to be known as, like, I'm a really good backup. You start to become, like, maybe Marcus Mariota or how people started to view Jameis before he went to New Orleans. I don't think this was as bad as everybody makes it sound, but because when I saw the trade and I saw the reactions of the Washington, <laughs> the Washington football team until they oh, yeah. stepped field as commanders. So uh, when the Washington football team, I seen how couch coach was, I seen, you know, I wish Rob was here to really, we haven't heard his opinion yet. Mm -hmm. I kind of seen here or there, but we haven't really got to, you know, let him enter the chat and go at it with Walker. But <laughs> I don't think this is that bad. And essentially like, you're neck and neck for second best quarterback in the division. Like Carson Wentz at his best is better than Jalen Hurts, but because not having the best Carson Wentz consistently could hurt, but he is upgrade from Taylor Heineke. So at worst, I think they're competing for the second best team in the division next year. So I don't think it's all bad for Washington. Like everybody else does like Carson Wentz did what 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, like for an average quarterback, that's the type of numbers you want. Like, yeah, he could have thrown, what, 15, 16, 17 interceptions, probably 20 dropped interceptions. I get that. But at the end of the day, they were dropped, and they don't go on the stat sheet. That's why I hate analytics. He threw seven interceptions, but he should have thrown 21. Like, I get that. But they were dropped. They lived the fight and play another down. So, I think Carson Wentz, I think he makes this team better. I think they could fight for second in the division. They might could fight for the division title. It looks like, you know, the Cowboys are kind of selling getting rid of Amari Cooper. looks like they might trade Lyle Collins. Like, I don't know what moves they're trying to make by getting rid of those players. So they could be fighting for the division. This is a team that, as bad as the division was, two years ago won the division. So, And they upgraded at quarterback. That's what they've been begging for. Yep. Upgrade, and they're upset that it wasn't the right upgrade. Like, who did you think you were going to get? You weren't getting yeah. Russell Wilson. You weren't getting Aaron Rodgers. So who next on your list? If it's Jimmy G or Carson Wentz, flip a coin and give me whoever. So I think that's kind of what Washington did and, and landed Carson Wentz. Yeah, and I agree with that as well. Like I, I agree with what you feel like they should do in order to upgrade the team. Like you said, another wide receiver on the other side of Terry, that's 
Skin and there's some, there's some weapons. They didn't give exactly. up their first round pick. So it, yeah. it's some, if you can land Olave or Wilson, I would hate to see it because now I got a team in the division with two, <laughs> two Ohio, yeah, Ohio State, State receivers yeah. that I kind of want to see good when they're not playing against us. But even if you could get a Drake London or I don't know what they'll figure out, but I do think like their key to success offensively is put another. I know they need some defense. They're letting go of Landon Collins, but this is an offensive league. Like if you can't score points, I don't care how many points you can hold somebody to. Mm-hmm. If you can't score points, you can't win games. And you definitely can't win a championship. So I think mm-hmm. their main key, they have a decent enough offensive line. I think their first, their first thing when they go into this draft, they need to pick the best wide receiver available when it's their time in the first round. Yeah, like I said, like you said, they'll figure out they'll figure out how to upgrade on defense. Like, I mean, they they still have a decent, obviously, front four. Um, you can plug play, and play defense. Yeah, you can plug and play defense. Like you said, especially like linebacker position. Like there's diamonds in the rough all the time, everywhere. Like, always hearing about you know some undrafted guy coming in and being the leading tackler on the team, whatever the case may be. But before we do move on to like the the Los Angeles Chargers and you know a Rod news, I did want to ask you, like you said, um, about. Uh, the Cowboys selling, like, you know, we kind of figured it was either Omari or Gallup. You know, I, for some reason, I don't know, I had a little hope. I thought they would get rid of, you know, you know, get rid of Gallup. But obviously with him going down with the injury, it just made it cheaper. And, you know, obviously when he's healthy, he's a great, you know, you know pretty much number two, you know, he's number three on that team. But um, what did you think about them, you know, pretty much deciding that they're probably going to you know, cut and release Omari. And now, like you said, with the Landon Collins, uh, not Landon Collins, my fault, uh, LT Collins, uh decision to you know probably shop him as well i was surprised that amari cooper was the first person that they were willing to sell i thought in order it would be demarcus lawrence then ezekiel elliott then like if we have to sell amari cooper whether we cut him or trade him or whatever then okay i thought he'd be the third option as far as shedding money off a contract but i mean at the end of the day you got to do what you got to do you do have cd lamb you drafted him i mean he, looked, he was looked at as a steal in the draft we didn't need him, but we drafted best available. When CD Lamb falls in your lap at pick number 18, uh, you got to go ahead and take him. Essentially, he dropped in the draft and you had to go ahead and take him. But now, like, it's the pressure's on CD Lamb. So, with getting rid of Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup may or may not be back for the regular season, the, the beginning of the regular season. I don't know. He'll be back at some point. Uh, I think we're talking about keeping Cedric Wilson, but I think that changes the way Dallas might draft. And so, I'm sure they have their eyes on maybe an offensive lineman if he drops or whatever. But I can see this being a repeat of two years ago when C.D. Lamb fell to Dallas' lap. Like, if one of the four receivers out of Gallup, I mean, out of uh, Olave, London, uh, Traylon Burks, and Garrett Wilson, if one of those four was to drop and be there available when Dallas picks, I'd be surprised if they skipped over him and picked elsewhere because I don't know if there will be a better player at their position than there would be them at wide receiver. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we drafted a wide receiver in the first round to essentially grab a cheaper version to replace Amari Cooper. But if all four of those guys are gone, maybe you go O-line. It just depends. I mean, this isn't the most, like, eye-popping draft. There's a lot of really good players. I don't know how many great players are in this draft. I mean, you're talking about there's no quarterbacks, essentially. Like, we're talking about a quarterback's not going number one. We might not even see one go top ten. So there's not really great quarterbacks. So you're talking about pretty really good players projected, but there's no really great player that stands out to you. So I, I think with Dallas selling, there might be some people in the draft that they like, and there might be some people in free agency that they're trying to open cap for and be like, okay, we can get this guy on a one-year deal. And I think Dallas might try and go in on like getting guys for rent. And, and maybe they go after a Landon Collins at safety. 
They're trying to keep Randy Gregory. They're trying to keep Kearse. So I think they might be hitting that approach where we get guys for one-year rentals and try and maximize, you know, with Dak making the money he makes, uh, you know, with Zeke making the money he makes. I think they're trying to sell elsewhere, make up for that, and get some of these guys as one-year rentals and see how far they could go. How far they go, to me, is probably a playoff win at max if they maximize the cap space that they have. To be honest, I still don't see them make it cutting those guys and turning into a Super Bowl team because I don't know if they'll essentially get better. But I think with the NFC getting weaker, they feel like they could sell a little more, get guys on one-year rental deals, kill the draft because Dallas does murder the draft. When you think about it, like a lot of their players aren't drafted that, that have impact on wins and losses. Uh, so at the end of the day, I think that they're looking at one-year rental free agents, kill the draft, and see where we go from there. Sure. Dad, what do you think? I don't I don't really know. Um, I'm kind of I know they're trying to shed some cap, but I'm kind of, you know, some of these players, uh, I think they're, they're going to make more impact. Like when they when you're like week five or week six of next season, they're going to really miss some of these players. Um, I'm not I don't really like I wouldn't say I hate on deck, but I think Amari Cooper has a way bigger impact to his career and stuff than, um, than people think. So I think he's going to miss him a lot. And I know CD's shown signs of being a number one, but do we really know if he's a true number one and he's ready to, you know, take on that role. And I think that's part of the reason why they're trying to bring back Gallup so um, so they can, you know, kind of mm-hmm. feed off each other. But I'm interested to see what the Cowboys do. And we all know Jerry Jones, like Mo said, um, there's a receiver sitting there, and that's a need. Uh, Jerry Jones loves box office. Anybody who's going to put, uh, yeah. put uh, you know, love, in the seat. The shiny, the shiny prospect. The shiny Chris Olave to Dallas. I'm speaking it into I, existence. I, I, can, I can see it right now. Chris Olave to Dallas. I'm speaking it into existence. Or Garrett what? Wilson, he's from Texas, so I, I mean, I would take Garrett Wilson, but I think well, if one of those two receivers dropped, it would be Chris Olave. Once mm-hmm. that time, that unofficial time went from four two six to four three nine, I think it mm-hmm. went back right to realistic of how you look at Chris Olave. And I'm not saying he could drop because I think some teams will reach for a quarterback. I think some teams will reach for another guy who's really good at his position. If there was a wide receiver that drops where Dallas is really putting a predicament to like, do we get this receiver or do we get what we really need, which could be boost at the offensive line. If an old lineman doesn't drop that they love, there's only about three or four that I would take in the first round. So if there's not one available that got a first round grade and Chris Olave is sitting there, I wouldn't be mad at Dallas. You got to score touchdowns in today's NFL. I don't I don't care if you can stop nobody. Look at Kansas City. Like, they made an AFC championship not playing defense at the end of the day. Like, you got to score points in this league. And so if, like, Chris Olave or Burks is sitting there at what I think we got, 22. If they're sitting there at 22, Dallas got to take them. Go ahead and worry about the next five years of offense. If O-line is what you need help, bank on the fact that those older guys will stay healthy for at least one more year address your O-line later in the draft and next year and start trying to win, especially while you have a $40 million quarterback. Get as much cheap impact players and playmakers that you can because after this year, like, we're going to cut Zeke anyway. So you you got to maximize the cheap deals of players at wide receiver, at running back, and everywhere else, at corner, at safety, all the all the skill positions. You got to maximize because it's going to come to a point – Diggs got to get paid, then C.D. Lamb got to get paid, then Michael Parsons got to get paid. So you want to have as much cheap playmaker talent as you can going over the next five years. If Jerry Jones wants to win the Super Bowl as bad as he does before it's his time to retire or, you know, the inevitable, like before his time on this earth comes. So if that's what he really wants to do, I think you got to buy, you got to buy high on offense. Like 
defense doesn't really win championships at this point. You even saw it. I know the Rams had a decent defense. Bengals had some playmakers on defense, but like at the end of the day, it's all about who can score the most points. Like you can stop, you can play defense all you want, but eventually the defense is going to break down and the offense and the playmakers going to be a factor. It's all about how many points you can score. So, and you saw all the playmakers with, with the Rams and they're bringing pretty much all of them back. Woods going to come off an injury. So I think you got to go grab playmakers. Offense wins games at this point. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. But shifting over to, like I said, the trade, it's going to be the other side of the ball. Defense. Got a guy down here to the left. Khalil Mack getting traded to the Los Angeles Chargers. Him and Joey Bosa. Might be some nightmares for some quarterbacks in the, you know, the AFC West. Like I said, me, before we came, before you got on, I was like, NFC West was the one that, you know, stopped as probably the best division last year. AFC West could possibly give them a run for their money this year. So what do you think about that? What do you think about this trade? How much better does it make the Chargers? And where do you think it kind of puts them in uh, in the AFC West, you know, still playing second fiddle? Or they, they you know, possibly, you know, jump frog or leapfrog the uh, AFC West um, divisional winners, Kansas City Chiefs? I think it's just Brandon Staley just trying to, you know, bolster that roster. He sees what the move that Denver just made and all the quarterbacks in this division. And, you know, the – quickest way to, you know, make quarterbacks human is to get them on the ground, uh, pressure them. And when you have two premier pass rushers, you know, Khalil Mack hasn't been the same guy he was the first year in Chicago. But when you're on a bad roster, you're getting double team all the time. You know, his production's going to go down. So that's fine. But I think this move makes the Chargers just that much better on defense. You know, they were they were solid last year. They have some players. But to have a consistent pass rush in that AMC West is uh, – going to do numbers. And I think they were already last year a couple plays away, you know, a couple boneheaded decisions, questionable calls by uh, coaches away from being a lock in the playoffs. Like they lost, a, you know, they won a bunch of close games last year. They still lost a couple of them. So I think that, you know, Khalil Mack will look later down the season, midway through the season when we start to get towards November and stuff, and he'll make a couple, you know, game changer plays that will secure a playoff spot or even when they potentially make the playoffs next year, he'll make an impact so on. To only have to give up a two and a six, two is good because yeah. I forgot what Chicago had to give up. I think it was two ones and something else uh, to get them from Oakland, and Oakland missed mm-hmm. on both those picks. So uh, hopefully, you know, the Chargers can compete. I think they're, I think they're already headed in the right direction. They have the quarterback. They have all the, you know, all the talent around them. They just secure Mike Williams, but to to add to that defense with Derwin James and um a Kenneth Murray will and Asante Samuel Jr. will do numbers. So I, I like the trade for the Chargers and it was a it was a move they had to make, I feel like. Overpay for Mike Williams or no? That's his market. He's solid. Kind kind of what I think is a quarterback like me playing quarterback in my past, there's not too many people like him to where you can He'll he'll make you right when you throw a bad ball or you make a wrong read. You're throwing in a double coverage when you know you're really not supposed to. He'll make you right. He's the that type of guy that's gonna bail you out. Um, and he makes a lot of those contested catches that a lot of guys in the league can't make. And he'll go across the middle. He'll catch that dig across the middle to some guys who you know will tense up at. So he's, I'm not saying he's one of one, but there's not too many big body receivers like him in the league. I, I put Mike Evans up there, you know, in that category too. So I feel like they didn't really overpay. And that's. Justin Herbert's guy, they have a, a nice little connection. So why why mess that up? And they're both young. Mo, what you think? Well, with the Khalil Mack situation, like the two most important positions are the quarterback and the guy that could get to the quarterback. And so therefore you got two guys that's going to be able to wreak havoc on Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, and Patrick Mahomes. That that's the recipe. And then going to the Mike Williams. 
everything Thad said, like Mike Williams is the type of guy who's a quarterback's best friend. Like he can go get the jump balls. There's not a lot of big body receivers that could do what he do. And I know like, okay, if you want to compare him to Mike Evans, like is he as good as Mike Evans? No, but what he showed us this past year. And then when you look at his contract after year one, so after next season, his contract becomes tradable. He's making $28 million in year one. That cuts down the rest of his contract to what I think like 14 million. There will be a lot of teams if Mike Williams doesn't produce like he did last year or even more that would trade for Mike Williams. It would be a bargain trading for him for splitting his contract for over the next two years at 14 million, 14 million dollars a piece. I think it's like 14 to 15 million dollars a piece over the next two years for his three year contract. So I think the Chargers were smart at front-loading his contract in the next season so that if he doesn't produce, he has a tradable contract and they can make things happen. And plenty of teams will buy Mike Williams at $14 million a year. You're talking about a market where come next season, the, the top free agent wide receivers, I mean, Devontae Adams got franchise tagged. They're talking about signing him a deal. We talking about what 23, 24 million. You go into next year, you talking about a playmaking wide receiver again, what 25, 26, 27, possibly even $28 million. He's getting that this year, and then he'll be bought at a bargain at $14 million. So I'm not mad at the moves that the Chargers made. Like they, I, I really feel like these moves with trading for Khalil Mack and bringing back Mike Williams was them evaluating that we expect Justin Herbert to take the next step. We already see him as a future superstar. If you don't already look at him as a superstar, as a quarterback in this league, uh, the division is essentially up for grabs. I know the Chiefs are good, but it's going to be a three-way competition between them, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. And don't let the Raiders kill the offseason between free agency and draft because now it's going to be like anybody. this is for anybody because Derek Carr is a very underrated quarterback. So I think they were trying to find ways to make impact. The only problem with the Chargers is health. Yeah. Like Khalil Mack wasn't healthy last year with the Bears. Then you look at all their, all their parts on the defense, Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr. They have all the right pieces to essentially try and win the Super Bowl. If Justin Herbert takes that next step, they have Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams on offense. They got Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Asante Samuel Jr. And don't they got Casey Hayward as well? No, nah, he um, – but they – he went to, uh, I think he went to Oakland last yeah, year. Yeah, he, oh, okay, yeah, he yeah. went to Oakland. Who's their other corner? Who's the Chargers' other corner? You got Asante Samuel? Uh, Chris, Chris Harris. Harris. Is it Chris, Chris Harris? Harris? Chris Harris, and he's a free agent. So he could be gone, but you could possibly replace him in the draft. You didn't give up a first-round pick. So I think the Chargers are in, like, win-now mode, and I know everybody here is win-now mode and here is Super Bowl, but they're competing. They're competing to win the division. They're competing to make a run in the playoffs. Like, this could be the team that, okay, they didn't make the playoffs, but I could see them in the AFC Championship barring health. If Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are healthy for majority, if not the whole season, Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr are going to be in for a long year, at least twice a year for each quarterback. And so that's going to be a problem. And then they're going to be wreaking havoc on every other quarterback they stand. And we know their offense is not the issue. I expect Justin Herbert to take the next step into greatness. So, I, th I think the Chargers were bringing in Khalil Mack and re-signing Mike Williams. Like They made the moves they had to make to not only be a team that didn't make the playoffs to make the playoffs, but be a team that could ultimately compete for reaching the Super Bowl. And who knows? Like The Chargers are putting themselves in, in the position. Maybe they could be the next year's Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
could see that. I for sure could see that. Like I said, last two years, they probably could have been in the year before. And then this year, like I said, they really few games. Yes, yeah, they really should have been in a few games, got, you know, they let get away. But like you said, it could they they definitely they're killing the offseason so far. Like I said, still got the draft coming up and you know, who knows? Free agency might not be over yet. But I guess to you know, get on my team real quick and then we'll try to move past it. Um <laughs> Calvin Ridley. Ban one year from the NFL for betting on FanDuel. Fifteen hundred, he says it is. Don't know if it's you know less or more, but you know got caught. Obviously, looks bad because you know he cited that he wanted to stay out the rest of the year for mental health reasons. And like I told that again, like he kind of just set him up, set himself up for all the jokes, everything that was coming on Twitter. You know, he's like, yeah, I've had a few parlays that went the wrong way, and I owe some people. So yeah, I would have sat out for mental health reasons too. So just just craziness going on in the Atlanta Falcons organization. Um, like that said as well, you could have had anybody else do it. Like just tell them to do it. You can give them money, put bet on it. Like any, like literally anything. I don't know if that would have got caught or not, but it's just like using your own phone, FanDuel, betting on your team as well. Like I was saying, I don't know if he bet on us to win or lose. I, I would have been honest. I would like to see what games he bet on us as well. But they said he bet on Atlanta to win, so I'm not upset <laughs> with him essentially. Yeah, I, I need to know what games those were. Like, you know, like I said, fifteen hundred to lose or lost fifteen hundred, and you lost eleven million technically. But just what what did y'all think when y'all saw the news? Like I said, I, I just wasn't something I was expecting to see when I refreshed my timeline. But you know, it I guess it happens when you're Atlanta sports fan. But bad, what would you uh, think about? The news and do you think it's a little too harsh or just the right punishment like i told you i was on twitter i scrolled up and i saw it but i've seen fake breaking news before from the fake adam schefter account so like i refreshed i went to the page i'm like man this is real account and i refreshed it again i'm like like damn like i kind of thought the mental health stuff wasn't 100 true but i don't know i don't know this is a tough situation i was shocked uh I'm not surprised because I do feel like some there's some more NFL players that bet. They just do it in a smarter manner. And uh, the second question, I do think it was a little harsh. You know, you have the owner that allegedly was going to give his uh, coach $100,000 per game to lose. And then it's just kind of why do we allow the people that are have valuable information and know what the stocks are going to look like to, you know, invest in stocks and stuff like that. But that's not the same as the punishment. But I just think that I don't know. It's just not that crazy i know it's in all the handbooks and all the rule books like on the first day when they i forgot of what they do at the uh, beginning of each season but i just feel like it's a little hard for a whole year for it wasn't even like he was betting on the falcons to lose because he wasn't playing so he could win money like Mm -hmm. if you're doing something like that i'm like damn or he was i don't know I, i just i think it was a little harsh rules are rules but a whole season for one week of bad decisions uh and, you know, they was posting. Of course, they showed the the different you know punishments that you know actually had to do, like you know Ray Rice. I, I would just games. you beat me too. I forgot yeah, about like, that. Yeah, and, or was it Adrian Peterson being banned? Was it, I think like six games, something like that. Like just the like you know guys actually you know, getting in trouble for you know domestic violence type crimes and only not even being suspended like whole seasons or half a seasons, but. To do this, I guess when there's money involved, they, they felt, I don't know, like they had to take it to the next level or I guess make an example. But like you said, I feel like players obviously do it across the league just in a smarter manner, but it was just crazy to see. I don't know. Do y'all remember, I can't remember his name, but that kicker for the Giants, it was a couple of years ago. Didn't he like beat his wife and only get suspended like a game or something? I forgot the, the kicker's name, but. I forgot it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. 
He only got suspended for a game, and he beat his wife. Like he he came out and said, he, "I I beat my wife, bro. Like we're good now." But mm-hmm. I guess that's just normal. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> something, yeah. I was like, I think it was Seattle Seahawks player or something like the last man on the bench. You remember? Like that oh, that was, a, that was wild. I remember that. Healer. Yeah. Bro, he yeah, beat her yeah. to a pulp, bro. Yeah. He, he beat her to a pulp and nobody went crazy because he was like, but that, that, that's that a whole thing. nother issue. But, yeah. and like, yeah, it, it, it was crazy. But, but what did you think when you saw it? So I'll say this, John, you could have picked a different picture. To where it didn't look like he was wearing a Mean Machines jersey. If we're able to, call, jerseys, bro. We were able to call him the Black Paul Crew. So you could have picked a different jersey where it didn't look like he was betting and through games or whatever. But I think it's a little harsh, bro. Like, I know rules are rules, but not all rules are enforced the same. Let's just be honest. Like, And it's like, if you want to get into, like, religious or law, like, bro, based on the law that you break, there's a consequence for the law, but not all like murder is not charged as opposed to selling weed. Like it's not the same. And so when you're out here having domestic violence charges and you're getting six games, he only bet $1,500. Let's just put that in perspective. Like if we start building into percentages of what he made that year, but that man bet less than 1% of what he made that year on a game. And then apparently like, we don't really know what he bet, but We've we've seen rumors that he did bet on the Falcons to win. So therefore, like no games were being thrown. Like he bet on the team to win a game. Mm-hmm. If anything, he got in the ear and was like, hey, bro, I got money on this game. He might not have said I just got fifteen hundred dollars because everybody probably would have looked at him like, bro, you're mm-hmm. you're making ten million dollars a year, bro. I don't care about your fifteen hundred dollars. But still, like, I could see if he bet on the Falcons to lose, stepped on the field, and had an absolutely terrible game. Now that's different. Like, he's throwing the game. Now we're talking about, like, hey, this man might should be in jail, but mm-hmm. we're in a world where everybody's betting. And I get it. Like, he could have paid somebody. He could have told somebody, put this parlay in for me, and I'll cash up you to $1,500. Mm-hmm. I absolutely get it. But to me, it wasn't like a criminal offense. It was a bonehead not thinking. Like, mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it was a – he didn't have common sense when he made that move. I don't think he should be suspended for a year. And I get like, okay, if anybody else does this, if you think a year was harsh, you may never play football again. So I get making an example out of him, but a year, like I would have gave him eight games. If I'm going to make an example out of him, eight games, because like you said, like Ray Rice on video beat and drug his wife or fiance or girlfriend, whatever she was beat and drug her out the, out, out of the elevator, six games. Ezekiel Elliott allegedly put his hands on somebody six games. And they took forever. Like, they suspended him midseason because they drug out the legal process, basically for Ezekiel Elliott to play some games and have an impact on the season. Mm -hmm. So to outright suspend him for a year, I think is wrong. Maybe if I'm going to try and make an example and I'm not looking at domestic violence as serious as sports gambling, then I give him eight games, 10 games at the max. But for a whole season, like, essentially, you just gave a guy who was probably going to get traded to another franchise. You just hindered one of your 32 teams because now they got a guy sitting on their roster that, okay, he's not getting paid. He lost a lot more than 1500 But the Atlanta Falcons can't even move him. And he counts against the salary cap, even though he's not getting paid. His money that he loses counts against the salary cap. 
that you just hindered one of your franchises by basically not making him trade eligible because nobody's going to give any type of value for a guy who's not playing for a whole year and he plays next year and then he's going to be eligible to be a free agent the year after that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he could get franchise tagged if he plays amazing, but I would have gave to me, I would have gave him four games. Like yeah. if, if I'm going to suspend him because I have to, because that's morally the thing to do, I'd have suspended him four games, but I would even understand if you gave him eight, 10 at the max, like make sure he's eligible to come back so that a team would be able to trade for him because it was kind of like a mutual agreement that, like he won't play for the Falcons and they'll trade him and they were going to look to trade him. He was going to be one of the biggest trade assets on the market. That's not a quarterback. And now you just hindered a franchise from really making a move with a guy who like, once his name was available for trade, the probably what 25 franchises would have came calling about Calvin Ridley mm-hmm. and Falcons would have took the best offer. So I don't think it's fair to the Falcons just as much as I don't think it's fair to Calvin Ridley. Yeah, and it's, it, it came out that out of good faith, you know, they kind of knew about the investigation. They, you know, they had gotten calls, they had been getting calls, but they pretty much just you know denied every one of them because he admitted he was wrong. On top of that, that's what yeah. makes it worse. The tweet was crazy. I was like, "Come on, bro, stop it, stop, stop!" Like I see, I seen it one after another one after another one. You talking about, you know, I take like I think that it was you know the day before though, but he's like, "I learned from my learned from my L's," and then. Obviously, talking about I bet I'm gonna game with Brian. I only bet at fifteen hundred. Then talking about, um, yeah, I was like, I seen another one after that. I was like, all right, after that, I was like, he ain't gonna say nothing else. After like, you know, I don't have a gambling problem. Just to like set the record straight, I ain't got a gambling problem. I bet fifteen hundred. He tweeted like two, three times after that. I'm like, bro, somebody take his man's phone because like you're not making it look any better. You just make it. Social media kill these dudes. That's a problem. Big problem. Like you said, they they need. Well, they may have publicists, but they need better ones if they do have them. Like, somebody need to definitely be beside them taking that phone. But real quick, I know you guys did a show on it, Mo. Um, I wanted to ask that as well. But just wanted to kind of get y'all's opinions on some of the, the, the standouts, some of the draft standouts that you saw. Um, and then we're getting some, to some MLB and NBA games uh, that's happening tonight. I already got the notification that Ben Simmons got booed to hell. But uh, I said we'll He should have. Yeah, good. <laughs> he got booed to hell. Can't wait to see or can't wait to hear what it's like when the game pops off in a few minutes. But uh, just some standouts that y'all saw. Obviously, big man on the screen ran a four eight. You know, you don't see that at three forty ever. But a lot of other guys, and you know, I think overall they said that this is probably one of the fastest, um, one of the fastest draft classes or NFL combine that we've ever seen. So it was gonna be part of the, not- the nothing or something little segment that we do, but. I guess I can still ask anyway. Do y'all think that is, you know, is it nothing or is it something like just to to hear and see that? Like is because like every day we see and hear that, you know, athletes are just different. We hear it all the time in the NBA, like athletes are better, people are quicker, they're more you know, they're more lateral, they just have a different game to them, obviously a different speed to them than people in the past. But do you think that matters so much, you know, that we're seeing in the NFL combine, just you know, flat out speed that all these prospects have, whether they're big or small? Um, Ma, I'll start with you. Uh, I think it's a little bit of something real quick. Jelani, I know you remember. I think it's just more so what Coach Hanna used to tell me to do. Uh, there were some coaches back in the day in high school and stuff that were trying to always get dudes to run track. And I think a lot of these guys nowadays are just running track early at an earlier age in high school and stuff. And that stuff is just paying off and they're much faster. Because a lot of athletes back in, not back in the day, but like eight years ago from like five to ten years ago, they were just playing one sport, just football or maybe just basketball. Some guys are doing other stuff, but Running track and playing other sports and stuff like that helps out uh, for speed and, you know, 
change of direction, all that stuff. So I think it's something, and it's these guys are some of these guys are just different. I think. But yeah, well, what you got? That what year did you graduate? Fifteen. Well, sixteen really, but sixteen. Oh. So I graduated in 13, which therefore means we play high school football at the same time. Did you play against somebody like Jordan Davis? Not as big as him, but maybe maybe Lorenzo or Dante Sawyer, a dude named Dante Sawyer. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, Dante like, faced Lorenzo. Okay. Running the four, four, eight, nah. Yeah. So I'll tell you some of the best players I played against. I played against Marquez. Valdez Scantlin, when you know in high school you play you play offense and defense. So he played wide receiver and corner. I played against Dante Fowler Jr. and I played against both the Griffin twins. Like those would be, Florida, Florida yeah, those, those will be the first, like the, the biggest names that pop up. Uh and then uh Ryan Davis, who played wide receiver at Auburn. He was a quarterback in high school, but ain't none of them would have put the fear in my heart that this dude would have put had I played against him in high school. Like Bro, you are what three? What is he? Three fifty plus, running a four Like I'm running away from when you really think about it. Like okay, if you were a corner of safety that fast, like I understand. If you were faster than that, okay, like a corner of safety in today's NFL, even running four fours and four fives, like that's faster than normal. But okay, like I understand. You're a smaller guy. You weigh less. A dude weighing three fifty plus, running a four seven eight. Bro, that's ridiculous. Like, that was running – me and that – we were running away from guys that big, and they weren't moving that fast. Like, they put guys like me and Thad at the quarterback position because, okay, we could throw the ball, but even still, like, we played in an era where, like, the spread offense started getting really big, even in high school. Exactly. We also could run away from these guys. And when you're talking about – I'm sure Thad probably ran, like, a 4-5 or five in the 40, mm-hmm. but it's different. That's low. No, no, no. <laughs> you were a factor? Nah, that's no, not even, not even close, gang. <laughs> but we gonna yeah, move that, past that. I was a like, that's <laughs> But you gotta think about it though, like that. Even if you ran a four seven or four eight, like at the time that we played 2013, 2014, that's fast for a quarterback. You're getting away yeah. from defensive linemen and most linebackers, at least at the high school level. Like you're getting away from most of the guys that you gotta worry about. That's gonna bring you down in those first three to four seconds. This dude getting back there, you know, when you take the snap and you try and, you know, scan the field and try and make your play and then you realize, like, everything broke down and I got to run, you're not running a 4-4 out the gate from the backfield catching a snap, whether you're catching it under center or in shotgun. So if this dude then got around the cor- – got up off the line, got around the corner, he then bent the corner – and now I'm running the opposite way, and this dude didn't already reach max speed? Well, that's a big boy to fall on you, bro. Like, I think the speed of this draft is everything. Like, if it's something or nothing, I think it's everything because it goes to the point whether you want to do football, basketball, baseball, I don't really care. These athletes today are bigger, stronger, and faster, and even more skilled, and I get it. Everybody's argument is like, if you took the guy back then and put him in this era, at the end of the day, you can't take those guys from that then and put them in this era because all those dudes are old enough to be our granddads. <laughs> Bro, the league today is just bigger, stronger, faster. And so a guy like Jordan Davis running a four seven eight should be the realization why you see they put all they implemented all the rules about tackling and hitting guys across the middle because they're only getting bigger, stronger, and faster by the year. It just makes me intrigued. Like, what are these combine? 
number is going to be by 2030. Like, is, is a guy his size going to be running a 4-3? Like, that's what I'm intrigued by by 2030 with the way these athletes are getting bigger, stronger, and faster. Yeah. And real, real quick, like, there's just one little quick note about him, which makes it even scarier for Jordan Davis. His 10-yard split was faster than Jarvis Landry and a couple other receivers. So it's like he's getting to the point quick. He's accelerating quicker than some receivers. So that's he not was a premier. Like, Jarvis Landry was a premier receiver. He ran, what, a 4-7-7? Yeah. In the 40 when he ran the 40, yeah. this dude 0.01 seconds. That means this dude a toe slower than Jarvis Landry. And this is a guy that's gonna come kill your quarterback, not a guy that's gonna make passes and make plays deep. This is a guy that's coming to kill your quarterback, and he's like a toenail slower than Jarvis Landry. Like that's the difference between point zero one. Is like you might be half my big toe faster than me. <laughs> Hey, they played they played my school the last game of the season and they handed him the ball in the fullback dive. So <laughs> I would have handed him the ball in the fullback dive. Every play. I would stop throwing the ball if I had Jordan Davis on my team. Just give it to him and let's win the state championship. Crazy. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know what direction we're gonna go as a Falcons. Oh, got like the eighth or ninth pick. I Y'all know. not get him that yeah, high. So we ain't getting him. I know. I, I wouldn't go him that high. Like I know he's fast, he's big and strong, but I still I wouldn't see I, – I, I wouldn't take him top 10. He didn't jump into my top 10 for me, but that's just for me. Yeah. I was like, we'll, we'll definitely see where he lands. Like I said, those numbers were definitely crazy, though. But real quick, we'll hop on. We won't talk much baseball, but when we do, I guess we got to because it's finally back. Obviously, um, shout out to Kenneth as well. Two guys with hair and Mo with a trio. <laughs> Why are you going crazy, to him? <laughs> like, oh. Kenneth is crazy. But MLB is back. Um, they just put a deal in a few hours ago. I got – I want – pretty much I just wanted to ask some of the rules that you guys might be more excited about. Um, you know, one of the ones was the universal DH. I know that's been talked about what it seems like for forever, five, ten-plus years. Um, they finally put in a pitch count. 23 seconds the pitchers are, are now finally allowed um, to throw because, you know, they will take forever and all day. Um, and they're also doing nine inning double headers. So when they have to do double headers, they used to only go to seven innings, which I felt kind of was always cheap. But you know, now they're doing nine inning double headers. And then they expanded 12 teams in the postseason this year. So, you know, guess what? It's more baseball, you know, for those that, that love it. Hopefully, my Mets finally can sneak their way in there. But uh, why, why are you not a Braves fan? I, I root for the Braves when we're not in the, you know, you ATL everything. Why are you not, not, not allowed? He's. He's been met. That's the one thing. That's the one thing I caught on to. I hope you were like a Pedro Martinez fan when we were kids or something for you. Oh yeah, I used to all the Mets fan. Like what really? I not the think it was the either 2005 team that I really stuck on. Like I liked Jose Reyes. I like Carlos Beltran. I I can respect that. David Wright. That's when I used to go to New York to visit my dad. We used to go to Mets games. So that's that's the only team that I caught on to. It's okay. I can respect that. I can respect. You know, he's from Queens, so that's the only team that I I I grasp. But everybody else, yeah, I can't. I can't do no other New York team. Because you ATL to the death of you, except for baseball. That's why I don't. I might be. You know, I'm all over the place, but I got family everywhere. That's where my ties come from. You ATL Hawks. Falcons, I mean, like college. I'm North Carolina <laughs> basketball. March Madness coming up. I know we'll have a, a show then, but I'm a I'm a I'm a Tar Heel fan when it comes to when it comes to ball. But yeah, like I said, baseball is back. What, what um you know obviously that where his champion at his Braves won this past year. Um, it wasn't look like we was gonna have a season, but now it looks like we are. But what rule do you think is uh are you most excited about seeing? Me personally, obviously the DH, just because that expands it. We don't have to see even though my Mets we actually have decent hitters. 
you know, DeGrom is a decent he's a he's a decent hitter. Yeah, I forgot what his stats look like, but I mean he, he goes up there and hits a few home runs. But uh what uh I guess what rule change are you most excited about seeing? For me, I'm gonna keep it real quick. It's DH for me, obviously. Like I don't wanna have Acuna and Albies on second and third and then Max Free go up there to have to hit just to ground out to first. So I'd rather have, you know, uh, I don't even know who our DH is gonna be this year. Solaire's probably gonna be in the outfield, but yeah, I don't I don't like seeing pitchers hit unless they can hit like uh Otani, which is that's not a lot of people like that. But yeah, yeah DH for me. And the 23 thing, 23 seconds thing is not that big. I do like when some people at the play will tell the pitchers like hurry up and stuff and they get into it. But other than that, it's not that big of a deal. Mo, what do you think? I like the fact so I had played pitcher up to high school and then I had to decide like, do I really want to play baseball? And then like I, I didn't love baseball, so it was like I'm not competitive enough to play with these dudes who are going to play in high school and plan on going to college and try and go pro. I like the fact that you speed up the game by a 23-second pitch count. Like, mm-hmm. that slows the game down. And, and, like, when you think about football, when you think about basketball, like, those are pretty – I mean, football's kind of slow sometimes, but it's a pretty fast-paced game. Like, score a lot of points, make it exciting. And so for, for us not to have to sit there and watch the pitchers kind of BS and, 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 you know, let the GMs go out there and talk to the pitchers all day and try and figure mm-hmm. out why you suck today. Like, <laughs> I, I'm all for that. Like, I, I'm all for the fact, hey, you got 23 seconds. I don't care. If you got to talk to him, you better make it 15. And he got eight to wind up and, and make some shake. So, for me, I'm all about, like, I love the fact, I mean, obviously everybody loves the, the designated hitter. Mm-hmm. It's going to benefit your teams whether you're in the NAL, NL or AL now. But I, I look at it like, bro, speed up the game a little bit because there's plenty of times where pitchers take too long. That slows down the game. Yeah. So, therefore, like, we're in a world of just high-paced sports. Like, tennis is back and forth. Hockey is up and down. Like, there's really no – okay, they might not be scoring a lot, but it's back and forth, up and down, up and down, shots at the net. Obviously, basketball is an offensive game. Football has turned into really an offensive game. We don't want to see a lot of defense and low-scoring games. So I think you baseball got to catch up, and I think baseball is playing catch up by making a pitch count rule. Yeah, yep, I feel it. But it's definitely a, it's a lot of you know. Well, it's a little bit of time left. I think season's supposed to kick off April seventh, something like that. Um, but there's a lot of free agents that's still out there on the market. You know, Freddie Freeman being one of them. I know that. I feel like he's – I honestly think he's going to L.A. I feel like he's going to Dodgers. I, mean, I don't think he'll go to a rival, bro. I think he'll go to, like, an AL team or something. I don't – I think, I like, just feel like he want to go home. He got what he needed. He got the ring. He wanted to if go he back wants to be an op, bro, go ahead. But you can't go to the team we've been fighting to beat and we just finally beat. Like, we lost – we were up 3-1 versus Dodgers and we lost. You can't. You can't go to them and help them get a ring. They already have too much on the team. Yeah. So, uh, but they got, I mean, they got a decent amount of free agents too. He can well, go to, he can go to Mo's Rays or something, but not in the, not to the Dodgers. If he stays in the NL, don't go to the, don't go to the Dodgers. That would be kind of crazy to me. Yeah, but it's 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 some names on here: Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Freddie Freeman, Chris Bryant, my Michael Conforto is out of there as well. Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo, oh Clayton Kershaw. I didn't realize he was a free agent too. He's yeah, so older. Though, so he's not. They're not looking at him the same. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a few of them out there. So we'll probably have a different show, I guess. This week. Well, I'm sure, like, now that they signed tomorrow, we'll have a bunch of news on certain guys going certain places because uh, negotiations get back up and running. But uh, game, probably about to tip off in a few minutes. Um, just a preview. We got Nets versus Philly. 
Ben obviously isn't playing, still uh, out due to, you know, I guess back issues, conditioning, you know, whatever other reasons he may have. But uh, like I said, he got booed to hell. Mo said he definitely deserved it. But like I said, we can talk a little bit about Ben Simmons. I know me and Thad talked about a little bit about the trade, but I, well, I guess I don't, I don't know your thoughts on it, Mo, but what have you thought so far about Philly since the trade? Um, and I guess tonight, I guess, who do you got winning? Who do you, uh, you know, feel like is going to take the game tonight? Uh, you're you're putting me in a position to pick a winner tonight. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna go Brooklyn. I I think Brooklyn wins. I think you got KD, you got Kyrie. Kyrie just went for 50. It's KD's turn to kind of he he been sending shots a little bit in in a in a light manner to the point like maybe James Harden didn't take offense, but you could tell like who he was talking to uh, in these interviews since the trade. So, but but Philly is a threat. I won't say they're my favorite to win the championship because, like, it's such a battle in the Easter Conference. And then once you make it through the Easter Conference, you're probably about to predict today you're going to play Phoenix or Golden State. Like, to make it through the East and then have to play probably a six- or seven-game series against Phoenix, who will have Chris Paul back, and then Golden State, who should have James Wiseman back. Clay should be rolling by then. Draymond will be back, like, that's going to be a tough NBA finals for Philly, but they're definitely a lot better, but I'm going to have to see what James Harden does in the playoffs. Like at the end of the day, we know the deeper it gets, the, the kind of more James Harden fades. He's bound to get hurt. Uh, same with Joel Embiid. Like even though Joel Embiid went absolutely nuts last year while getting hurt, but even still like, you, you know, you got two guys who the deeper the season goes, like the closer you get to May and June, these guys get injured. Or they kind of shrink in big moments. But I just want to say one thing. Ben is soft, okay? Like, I'm not a 76ers fan, so I'm not upset. But Ben is soft. Like, bro, you're going to get traded. And then I I'm glad the Nets – I don't know if they're forcing him to sit on the bench or whatever. I'm sure it was a mutual agreement between, like, Steve Nash, Sean Marks, and Ben Simmons that he shows up to this game. And I'm glad he's showing his face. And I hope more than anything – that they grant Doc Rivers' wish, and Ben Simmons gets a tribute video. Not because he deserves a tribute video, but I hope that when they play that tribute video for Ben Simmons, he has to sit there on the bench knowing that he can't help his team out and get the win. There's nothing that can motivate him to play this game, and he just gets absolutely booed. And I'm not upset at him for asking out. I get it. I, I understand a little bit. I think he could have went about it a different way, but it's almost like that's a topic for another day. But for him to get there and not be ready to play basketball when you finally got your wish granted, what are like, you doing? Careful what you wish for. Like you wanted out all year long. You were willing to lose $19 million to go play for another team. You get to this other team and you're not ready to play ball. Yeah. Like, you know, bring me the Kobe gift. Soft. Yeah. He's soft. I'm sorry. And, and that's the difference. And everybody's like, you know, I'm light skinned, so everybody be like, oh, that's that light skin. Time out. He's from Australia. He is not a light skinned American born man. He is from Australia, and they have different type of morals and go about things different. And that's why I think he's turned into this crybaby. But you can't tell me that you you weren't able to stay in shape. You should have been working out every day, ready to go. That when your name is called a month. Bro, it's been forever, and James Harden has been winning every game that he stepped on the floor for, and Ben Simmons hasn't even stepped on the court. And then you're hearing rumors that who knows if Ben Simmons plays this year 
they might have made that move for next year. I'm like, well, that makes the trade even more stupid. If that's the case, I hope Philly wins the championship. I know that would mean they probably outdo my Miami Heat or beat my Miami Heat. But if Ben Simmons ain't playing until next year, I hope James Harden gets his first championship. Yeah, and that's missed the playoffs. (laughs) Oh, that'd be even better. I would love for them to lose the play-in if that's the case. If Ben Simmons ain't going to play this year, I would love for the Nets to lose the play-in and Philly go win the championship so James Harden could just – you know, smile, show that beard and them crooked teeth and let them know I made the right choice. Dad, what you think? About the trade or what the Ben Simmons thing? Uh oh. Mo. Uh yeah, he's a little soft. I'm not gonna go in how Mo did, you know, for him to <laughs> kind of bring the mental health stuff up. Uh I'm not really with all that because I know some people that go through it, but for him to get traded and have all this time off, like me as a competitor, after everybody after that Hawks game, that game seven, fans are going off on telling him he sucks, all this, that, all that. I would be looking forward to this March 10th game. Like, I, mm-hmm. the whole time I've been sitting out telling him I don't want to play or whatever, holding out, whatever it is, I would have been working on my game for the moment I get traded and I have to go back to Philly. You know, this would be a game I'd just circle on my calendar and be ready to play. And for him, uh, you know, not to want to play, because I, I think it's up to him at the end of the day. Whatever's going on with his back or whatever – it could have been fixed while he was sitting uh, sitting at the crib. But um, it is what it is. Uh, I kind of look at him a little different. I still think he's a good player, and I wish he would have treated this differently. I'd love to see him out here today. You know, you know, you don't even have to, like, go off. Just, you know, be you, yeah, play your game, and be on the court. The yeah, but the trade, yeah, I don't know what's wrong. I'll be uh, just like, Oh, man, like, he can give me 10, 15 minutes. You're what? He's 24, 25. Exactly. We are age. Like right. you, you should not. You shouldn't have no back issues as keeping you out sideline for a month or longer. So or I definitely it, feel like or get it fixed though. Yeah, like just something. Like you can give me 15, 20 minutes. Like in your return to Philly, just the. Everybody was circling this matchup. We felt like it was going to happen, or but you know, it's whatever, man. It's whatever. But last things. Last, you know, Mo, I know you might have to get out of here. Actually, this question is literally for you. Typically, we do a little grind my gears. To end it off, like what's grinding our gears throughout the week, like something that happened. We can still do that too. But I really had a question of the day and it came from the chat. And it had me dying while I was out there. Uh, I was I was at the dollar store and I was like, man, what? I had to listen to a little clip real quick. So Edgar for the backstory, Edgar, um, Nick's fan was in the Nick space talking about he saw a stray husky in the neighborhood and anybody that may want it, you know, come come and give him a home. And the black people obviously in the chat just went off like they're like bro ain't nobody finna come and save that stray dog and i'm just reading i'm reading yours what you're saying i'm reading what john's saying it's just like bro i'm over here dying in the store because i'm like yes bro like nobody's like a straight like no one's finna just try to go and help it especially black people like you see a, hus- a husky at that bro he that's said, and said in the hood too like he's like you don't know what got, what what he has you don't know if he got rabies you don't know where he came from you know nothing like ain't nobody messing with a stray dog like he said someone was like, I didn't need mine straight from the litter, something like that. But it just had me dying. But just question of the day. Like, would you would you save a stray dog? Man, hell no. <laughs> like, no. Bro, think about it. Growing up when we was kids, like we'll take it all the way back to kids. Oh, we all walk into the candy lady. I'm, I'm gonna make it so relatable. <laughs> we walk into the candy lady and we coming back. We all know, like, okay, we're going back to one destination, whether it's mm-hmm. the homie's house whether it's the green box that we all sitting on, whether it's where we play and kill the carrier, we got a final destination that we all going back to. 
You see a stray dog. You don't even say nothing. There's an understanding that we will meet at checkpoint B. Will you get you there how you get there. Get there. Yeah, get there how you get there. I don't care. We'll talk about how you got there when we get back. Like, we'll, we'll talk about how you got there after you tell us how you jumped the fence or you did this and did that. And the slowest one sucks the stuff. You getting got. Like, it is what it is. Like, that was that was our proof of speed. That was our proof of way to clown people. Like, ah, you were scared. You was we all were scared, but the slowest one, like he back there screaming and hollering, like, I can't believe y'all let me do this. Like, you shouldn't have been so slow. No, I ain't saving no stray dog. I I I love Edgar for his gesture. And I, I love for him that he had the cojones to get on a Twitter space. And announce that, hey, I got this, you know, there's this straight husky and I ain't know if any one of y'all uh, black people, he didn't say it, but of course, like, it was nothing but black people up in there. Like, I ain't know if one of y'all was interested in trying to help save him. Like, man, hell no, let him wander the streets, bro. Let him harass somebody else because we not, no, we don't go for that. And it was just funny because Edgar didn't understand, like, bro, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, there's two dog, a husky, a pit bull, pit bull. Three or a great day. Yeah. You see any one of them stray dogs while you oh walk down the street with the homie? Listen, I am hurt. I have an ankle that won't allow me to run. And if I'm walking with the homies and we see a pit bull stray, I'm still trying to take off. Like, nah, oh, we're gonna get through it today. Like, we're gonna get up out of it today. I might not yeah, I might knock you down. At that point, I know I'm handicapped. So I'm about to kick one of y'all in the ankles. Y'all about to trip and fall. I just got to be faster than the slowest dude. So, no, I'm not saving the stray dog. No, but, fellas, I appreciate y'all for having me on. Let me go ahead and get this dinner, bro. I- I'll holler at y'all later. Yes, sir. Yes, right, sir. Man. Appreciate you for coming. All right, bro. But he said that. I personally, John, what got me was when John said, like, if like, like a stray dog might as well have been a bear. And I was like, <laughs> boy, what? Like, that's like, because I had a story. Like, it, it literally was just like that. I think my cousin's. It wasn't a stray dog though. It was a dog we knew, but it wasn't a dog I really knew. Like one of my cousins, I was over my cousin's house and one they brought one of their dogs over and I guess it got loose from the back. And like, I was like closest to the fence and they were all on the other side, like closer to the house to where they could have just went out the fence and then went back into the crib. But the dog like looked like it was just coming straight for me. And they just left and they just laughing and going inside. I'm like, bro, y'all gotta come help. Y'all gotta come help. So I hit a I got I was like, oh nah. It's like it's just me and him. I feel like I'm a running back or something. So he coming at me. I'm running around in circles. I hit him with a little him him. And oh, he girl. fell. The dog <laughs> fell, but I wasn't quick enough because when I tried to take off, I slipped too. So I was like, damn it. So it got my ass. But I still ended up getting like it got me, got my leg, but then I still was able to to get away and got into the house. But like that just that just had me dying. I'm like, bro, like yeah, stray dogs, that's just something we play. We don't you don't play with like you see stray cats all all around all the time like you know you may help you may feed it give him some food or whatever some kibble but stray dogs especially big ones you don't mess with them bro but bro, what, do, what would you real do? Quick, hold on real quick i don't know if you remember it it was mainly in middle school for me before you came around but there's this mm-hmm. dog in my neighborhood like uh named buddy that little white and black dog and they never put it on the leash because it was jeffrey that jeffrey i feel like i remember seeing it one time cause, yeah i can't like night i remember i think i came over here and i seen it like one time my parents were like, you keep missing the bus, you're going to walk to school. So for like a week straight, I had to walk to school and I had to walk past his house every morning. It was like, it was like a face off. Like I wasn't trying to see buddy, but when he saw me, I just took off. So I don't play with dogs, bro. I don't care. You if you don't think I play with dogs, bro. Like, 
not straight. Like if it's a like snow, a husky, if yeah, I see like a husky, husky yeah. that's half wolf, bro. If I touch it <laughs> the wrong way and bite me, I'm good. I'm, I'm not doing that. That's half wolf. Like they, they and they, they're just big. Just, like you don't, you have no clue what his background is. You don't know where it came exactly from. Exactly the background where it from. You don't know nothing. Like somebody could have just got done mistreating it, and it's thinking you're him. So it's coming for you. Like you just, you just, you just don't do that. Like I said, Moe put it perfectly. You put it perfectly. You just you can't mess with that. Like I, like he said, I, I commend Edgar for being the saint that he is. I'm pretty sure he's a. He, I'm a dog person. I'm an animal person, but it's just like certain stuff you just know not to mess with. And stray dogs, especially that big of a breed. Sorry, like it's. It, I, I wish you well, but it ain't gonna be with me. <laughs> but I think that wraps it up for the day, man. Great to be back on. Great show. Glad we had our guy Mo on. Appreciate you, Kenneth, for uh, you know interacting. You know. And, and comment in the chat. Um, but like I said, anything I missed before we head out? Any last words, Dad? Uh, nah, we really pretty much hit on, you know, most of the stuff. I know we'll have more more news next week to recap with the MLB. Um, the official league year starts on the 16th, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll have some new news, some new trades, uh, people getting signed and stuff, free agency, all that. So, you know, we'll be back with another episode sometime next week to give you all all that info. For sure. And like I said, just a bunch of news obviously coming up eventually, you know, draft will come up, NFL draft. Obviously, NBA is in full swing. Playoffs uh, is coming around the corner. March Madness as well. I'm sure we'll maybe even do a little, you know, fun little bracket thing. Yeah. Give out some prizes, whatever the case may be. But definitely appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate everybody at uh, Off the Ball Network rocking with us. Like I said, appreciate our guy Mo for coming on again. And um, it's just good to be back. Like I said, we'll keep coming with more, you know, content. Some merch and other things coming later as well. So definitely stay tuned, follow us, and uh, you know, stay like say stay tuned to what we got coming. But uh appreciate everybody. Um we'll catch y'all later. Y'all have a good one. Catch y'all next week.